Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from, I do hope you take that moment right now to uh, to hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the series. We release new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, uh, discover some new ones, or know what's happening in the music world. You can find us, of course, at all the regular spots, you know, where you're listening from right now, of course. But uh, that includes the, the big ones like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Just type in Kyle Meredith with, and we'll take care of the rest. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I'm going to be talking with Tai Shi. She's back with a brand new single called uh, Die For Your Love. And in fact, this sort of uh, starts a new part of, uh, of her career. And we're going to be talking about that, getting away from the label game and having more control over what she's doing, how she ended up at a, a songwriter's retreat where, in the end, she ended up writing this, uh, this set of music, which will eventually become an EP in just six days. So I want to hear what that experience was like. Also about the difference in writing as a bilingual singer. She writes both in English and Spanish. I want to hear uh, what that process, how they differ as well. And she'll tell us about what to expect from the songs we haven't heard from this upcoming single. But of course, we get into that. We'll catch up about how her career has been going this year, as we have with every artist. Uh, That does include a canceled tour with Blood Orange. She was the opening act on the uh, Blood Orange. I think they got like three dates into it. So we're going to be asking about what the mood was like in the area around that time, as well as her uh, collaboration. Collaborations with Blood Orange, too. Uh, they've done several. They've got several on the books. So there's got to be a good reason for that. So let's jump into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Tay Shee. 
Hey, Kyle. It's Val. Well, I, I know there's lots to talk about because last year you had the record uh, with LaLinda and, and there's already new music out with Die For Your Love. And I, and I want to talk about those, too. But of course, you know, with any musician right now, you, you, everybody's sort of getting their footing as to a change of plans. And I know that was definitely it or it looks like that was part of uh, what you were up against, too, because you had just started a tour with Blood Orange, right? Yeah, we had gotten two dates into the tour and then just it became very apparent that we had to cancel it. So that was kind of the beginning of this whole like quarantine situation for me, which sucked. <laughs> right, right. What was the mood of those, if if you don't mind my asking, because, you know, it it really was the the rug was yanked out from a lot of artists, but you know for the few that were on the road, it, it seems to be that you could sense that there was the change in the air, or or other artists could anyway. Yeah, I think there was definitely like from one day to the next, there was like something changed because I think we started the tour and everybody, you know, all of this was kind of going on and starting to be talked about a lot more over here, but I don't think the public had kind of yet like process the fact that we were going to have to change all of our plans so I think we were kind of starting the tour and we were all super excited and it was really fun those first two shows were like some of the most fun I've ever had like on tour and we were really excited the audience was super excited it was like really good energy and then we had like a day off between that second show and the next one and it was during that day off that I think everything kind of started to shift I think like in general that was the day that I think like the tone kind of changed for everyone and it just so happened that it was like you know we had this tour happening and um and the and so there was kind of that that day where I think everybody knew it was going to be canceled and then we finally heard the last word that it was canceled and it was pretty I mean it was it was sad I think everybody because everybody I think started panicking right around that time too and kind of thinking okay like you know if shit's really going to hit the fan like how am I going to get home like how do I you know get back to my loved ones like we're in the middle of nowhere right now um you know there were all those feelings and then of course just like the sadness of you spend like at least a month kind of like mentally physically in terms of like material like preparing yourself for this you know for this tour and then all of a sudden it's like oh okay well what do I do now so there was that kind of feeling I think there was a lot of kind of like disbelief and I think it was just what everybody was going through I think there were like these kind of 24 48 hours where everybody just kind of it hit us I think in general like here in the states so um we were kind of you know experiencing all those same things but also with the the sadness of having started a really great tour and then just having to go home well it especially knowing that you know going through all that prep uh and and just even the yeah. mentality as you're talking about to, to just get to that point and suddenly you know there it is wiped away and, and i'll say this you know that's a shame for any artist but especially this tour right here because the two of you both both with you and, and blood orange i mean what a great team i know that's been a fruitful collaboration it seems like anyway uh but to take yeah. that onto the road like uh that's that looked like a cool show yeah i'm that's the most upsetting part to me is it was just kind of like i i think i think we had kind of been talking about touring together for a minute and and it just kind of lined up perfectly for this tour and i was really excited because you know i i'm on a song of his he's on a song of mine so there's that whole cross you know we were going to do these songs together live and i've performed 
with him and his band a bunch of times before, like, you know, doing our song at festivals and whatnot. So like, I've become really, really tight with his whole crew and band. And it was just like a really lovely, like meshing of our worlds. And yeah, I think, I think it's a, it was a great bill, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll happen again. I, I'll bring this up while we're here too, because, you know, as you're mentioning the collaborations you all have done in the past, what does he bring that maybe others don't like, what, what do you, what do you get out of collaborating with Blood Orange? What, what you know, that that's works so well for you all. What's unique about Dev and like the way he works and collaborates is like, he's very much like a, the, the, he doesn't enforce his presence like in a in a way of like here's like what I'm thinking and here are all my ideas like he's kind of more of like a listener and like and then he'll kind of just be quiet and like do his thing for like two minutes and it's like oh wow you just made like the most beautiful like incredible thing so it's that kind of like having somebody who he's just very easy to collaborate with and I think he also understands because he's you know, a singer and he's worked with so many singers. Like I think he understands like the, what that writing process is like and should be for someone like me. So the process is really easy and he's just very like easy about things. So there's no like pressure. There's no like, you know, we have to do this or that ever. Um, And I think for me that just like works really well. And it kind of, cause I, I think I tend to maybe get like fixated or kind of like, a you know, intense about things. So I think, he he kind of lets me like let go of that. Uh, yeah, it sounds like maybe that's rubbed off a little bit at least as as you've been going forward because even with, you know, a full album having just come out last year, you you are already releasing new music and Die for Your Love is is what we've heard first on this which I hear there's even more on the way, right? Like this is this is the start yeah. of what an EP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, and I'm finishing the EP like right now and Die for Your Love is going to be the first single off of it. So, so to be able to to kind of take what you were saying there with Des and Blood Orange, you know, just makes it sound like you're you're going a little bit of an easier route. I don't know if that's the case, but are are you able to kind of, I don't, what were you, how are you, we're saying it, just the intensity or the scrutiny that you pour over something? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think also like the the two albums I've released so far were kind of within like a very kind of a situation that was more kind of structured around like the traditional label artist structure. And I feel like that kind of led to me feeling, I don't know, I think the process was always a little, it it wasn't um, as like intuitive and like fun as I wanted it to be. And I, and I think as a result, um, both of those albums ended up taking a pretty long time to come out, at least in my opinion, because I wrote most of that material, you know, over like a, a relatively like short period of time and then there would always be like a year or you know of just trying to you know move through all the the like obstacles of like getting everything done and getting all the support and getting it out and and so now that I've kind of I'm outside of that and I'm functioning more you know more like an independent artist like I think I've regained um, some of that freedom of just being able to make something quickly and put it out quickly. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this EP. I just, I, I'm always making music and wanting to put it out. And I, and I just didn't really want to wait 
as long and, and kind of when you wait so long on something, then you start overthinking it. And, you know, um, so that, that's kind of like what the inertia, like behind this EP is just moving into a space where I can just put something out and, you know, not overthink it, not necessarily make an album, but just kind of move into the next phase. Have you noticed a change in the way you relate to your songs, a relationship with your songs, with the, with these new ones, uh, whereas something that, you know, is finally making its way out, as you said, that you've already set on for however long a year or two yeah yeah i think i think definitely i feel like when i because i wrote the ep over the course of like a week uh when i was at uh like a writing retreat in texas and and i and so because of that it was just kind of the environment around writing these songs was very different than when I'm writing songs for an album and maybe I'm here in LA and I'm working with a bunch of different people and it takes time to move a song forward because you're kind of, you know, you have to work with other, a bunch of other people's schedules and it's, it's just kind of like harder, I think, um, to approach things that way. So this time I wrote the EP in like six days. It was just more about the songwriting than anything else. And I think I was also coming at it from... I think I was, when I was writing these songs, I was trying to kind of write from a place that was a little more outside of myself, like not so personal of like, you know, what do I want to say? And like, let me say that. And more just kind of like, maybe it's a story and I'm like telling the story or, or, you know, maybe I'm singing this song through the eyes of somebody who is blank. You know what I mean? I was kind of trying to play with those things a little more. So I think the songs are definitely like different than some of my past music in that way. I feel like I'm always trying to explore like writing in different ways, or at least I'm trying to do that more now. Well, I know there's a lot of ways to write a song. There's a lot of ways to, to make an album and, and, and talking about, you know, working with uh, so many collaborators, and uh, you know, as I read that happened on the last record too, you know, it was, it was more in that, what I would think the big pop sense with, with, you know, those songwriting collaborators, which, you know, for me, and and I I wouldn't call myself a musician in any way, but um, it seems like you know I'm not putting that down. I don't want this to come across like I'd put down any way to write a yeah, song, but the way you're talking about now with this EP sounds like it is so much. You have so much opportunity to be more immediate, to have your own voice come through, whereas the other version seems more like a machine in a way to me. I think the reason why my album La Linda took took me so long to finish and get out was because I was really trying to conserve that element of it very much being me and what I was envisioning despite the fact that I was working with so many people so in some ways it was that well in some ways it was that because if you think about like you know you're working with nine different producers across this album and you know there's different combinations of them on different songs and not everybody is involved across the board. So there's kind of, you lose that like cohesive element. So I, I was really like trying to lead the ship in that way and make sure that even though it was really fragmented like that, um, it ended up feeling like one world. And so I think that's kind of why I really kind of slaved over it. And, and it took me a really long time to get some of those songs to where I wanted them. Like some of the songs, it, it was like a two year process. So I think that plays into what you were saying. And with this EP, I I, I didn't want to um, start writing songs in like a session with, you know, a new producer I was working with. I wanted to just like write the songs over kind of the most basic things and then figure out the production. So in that way, 
it was more like, you know, much more like direct and, and easy in a way. Yeah. I, I would say that you've accomplished it too, because I didn't know anything about, you know, the collaborators uh, until long after I'd heard the record. And and now even when I look back on it, it is impressive what you were able to pull off because you, you take a song like We... And I'm projecting a little bit here because when I hear Thief, like these seem to talk to each other. Thief seems to follow where you were going from we like it, it mm-hmm. does seem cohesive in that way. It, it, was that the case between those two songs? Do you see it that way? I actually never really saw it that way until you said that just now. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I also think they might be back to back on the track list. Oh, no, they're not. But I think they were kind of coming from the same place. I wrote them at different times, but I think they were coming from uh, the same place of like, I think I was experiencing like some growth and kind of this phase of like rebirth and, and like letting go of a lot of past baggage. And I think we and Steve are both songs that talk about that kind of about this like you know, shedding of the weight of stuff and, and moving into like a more hopeful phase. But yeah, I never I never really thought about those two songs going hand in hand. But yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense. Well, I, I love how when stuff like that sort of happens, even if it's unintentional, because it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's coming from the same person. It's coming. It's all coming from you. So, oh, you know, sure. in some degree, you know, they all should talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and in I one think, way, I least, think that's one of the things that you only really start to notice, like as an, an artist, like at least for me, I only really start to like notice those things once the record is like finished. But it's, it's of course, it makes sense. You know, you're writing this like body of work during a time in your life and you are the same person and you're, you know, experiencing a lot of the same emotions. So the songs are coming out of this place. But I feel like it's really fun that to me that like, I don't really put together those threads at all until like it's finished. And then I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I said this in that song and that ties into this. Uh, on, on another side, of, you know, how you write, I mean, you're, you're also a bilingual singer. You know, I mean, every few years we get a song that seems to break the barrier, and it feels like that's happening a little bit more. And I, I guess what I'm talking about specifically is especially when you know a Spanish type type of song more often than other nationalities seems to make it into an uh, you know the the English world. But when you're writing, when I listen to those, they they still sound like very different types of pop songs. Of course, I you know it happens mostly in the pop world. For you as a bilingual singer, are there differences in how you approach a song for? Uh, an English listener versus possibly, you know, a Spanish listener, a a difference in that? I think there is. When I was writing those songs in Spanish, because I was starting to write a lot more in Spanish around when I was working on the album. And I especially noticed it like, because, you know, I was I was writing all these songs in English and then I was kind of writing some stuff in Spanish. But then I made the the conscious choice that I wanted to you know, have Spanish songs on the record. So I kind of got myself into that mindset. And when I did that, I I kind of immediately noticed a difference. I don't know if it's still there, but I think it kind of opened up like a different, yeah, a different approach to writing where I feel like in Spanish, it's more almost like immediate, like just phrases, words, like would just come to me and I'll go off of that. Whereas when I write in English, it's maybe a little bit more, like I'm thinking about it. So I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain, but something about like writing in Spanish feels a little more like guttural maybe. It's hard to, but I do think that when you write in different languages, you do kind of like, you access, you know, different points of like how you, how you're approaching 
writing. And I think that's a really something really cool that I discovered more when I was making the album. It's really interesting. And that's something that, you know, most artists, they, they, they don't have that muscle. That's that's a tool that, uh, you know, even even the more adventurous artists, you know, to some degree, they're still you know, they, they're only able to use the tools that they have. You know, they're only playing in the sandbox that they're, they're in. And, and to have that kind of ability there, that's it is really interesting to hear about what doors that can open for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like in any I, I, I think speaking, you know, multiple languages in itself is like it allows you to kind of like think from different places a little bit. And and so I feel like really, you know, I feel lucky that I speak more than one language and I can use that in my writing um, for sure. Yeah. So I, I will ask, you know, now that we've heard Die for Your Love, what else can we expect then from from the upcoming songs? Is there is there anything that's become very obvious to you? I mean, I think sonically, it's it's a pretty wide range. I mean, I kind of feel like that's what I end up doing on everything I release. Like, I, I kind of like to have, you know, this song is one extreme, this song is the other extreme, and then I fill in the blank. And that's kind of what the EP is. Like, there's um, Die For Your Love, obviously, is much more, you know, like a bigger production. It's it's more of a pop song. It's more of a banger, like trying to, you know, get you to dance. And, and then there is stuff that is a lot more acoustic and very raw. And then kind of that in-between is filled in by some of the other songs. So Die For Your Love is like one end of the spectrum sonically. But in terms of like the songs and um, like I, all the songs kind of came from a very specific emotional place because I wrote them all within this week. And it was like at the beginning of the year, January, the year kind of started out on a very bleak note for me, just some personal things happened. And I was kind of like, I feel like I started experiencing some of this, like, uh, like mass depression <laughs> that we're all experiencing, like from coronavirus. I feel like I started experiencing that like at the beginning of the year and I was like, when I went to Texas on this writing retreat, I was in this very, like, kind of just really down and like this kind of very, like, pessimistic mindset. And um, and the songs all came out of that. And it felt like I was kind of writing this EP about this kind of apocalyptic situation. Like, and weirdly enough, then, you know, all this stuff <laughs> happened and I felt like, I felt like, oh, like, you know, I, I kind of felt like I had this, this feeling of like impending doom, like when I was writing the songs and I didn't really, it was just a, it was a weird time and like these songs all came of it and I'm really, you know, happy about that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting now that I feel like, you know, we're all going through this really dark time. It's a, it's, it's like a weird, um, it's a weird feeling because now they kind of have like a little bit more relevance to me. You're ahead of us uh, on that emotional train. <laughs> a few, few, few steps in front. You're like, this is what you're going to feel next. Yeah, by the way. for it's... some reason. <laughs> yeah, the year like it just started off that way. So <laughs> really interesting. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, hearing those as well. Uh, Val, it, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much again for doing this. I, I am really enjoying all the music that you're putting out. You're one of the most interesting artists in the game right now. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Wow, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Um, yeah, I'm excited um, to share the rest of the EP with you. We'll all be listening. We'll all be listening. Uh, thanks for that. And again, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk today. It was a real pleasure. Same. Okay. Bye. And my thanks to Tay Again, the uh, the brand new single, 
is called Die for Your Love, and it's out now. And thanks to you for checking out the series. Uh, again, before you get out of here, I do hope if you're not already a subscriber, you'll take that moment to hit the subscribe button. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, just type in Kyle Meredith with uh, and look for new uh, interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists, so you can discover some new ones, so you can know what's happening in the music world. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews. That's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can find me on just about any social media platform, too, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not, no other reasons at all. Whatever. So every, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.